comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today, but not yesterday, is Logan Stump. I'll be there for... I can't sing that. It's copyrighted. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And it's a lie. That he is, won't be there for you. unfortunate. <laughs> If you, look, if you listen to Stoppage Time Soccer Show, you'll know what we're talking about. He abandoned us yesterday. Again. <laughs> to go around Epcot. Epcot was nice, though. Watch this. Look, now my face is gone. Oh, uh, that's kind of cool. You're like uh, two-faced. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, you have to watch the video version to see what just happened. Uh, but we are going to be talking some... I don't know. What are we talking about? I think we're talking about uh, MLS, right? Maybe. Uh, we're talking some... Man, this is brutal, uh, the screen. Okay, anyway, we're talking some uh, MLS. Uh, week five or six, whatever week it is, in the sense of those midweek games. We don't really know anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this was a week to remember. Was it not? Or should we forget it? Should we forget the week? Let's, let's forget it, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this has been a crazy, crazy week. Um, it's a good week for Cincinnati fans. Uh, well, partly, <laughs> which we'll get to later. We'll have a guest that's actually going to talk about that as well. But, uh, yeah, not a uh, – it was good for, like, a new stadium. Let's say that. Definitely good for a new stadium. Uh, let's see what other kind of things happened, I guess. Let's talk about our, uh, our headlines for the weekend that just happened the 15th through the 16th. Uh, but first, before we do that update to this Columbus crew story, we can now use the official badge if we make stuff again because they they went back and they said that they are going to add crew to the name again they actually dropped the sc completely so now when you look at the history columbus crew they were the columbus crew from 96 to 14 then they were columbus crew sc until 2021 and then for a week they were (laughs) columbus crew columbus sc and now they are just columbus crew again so there you go. We don't know what they are. 
and that's <laughs> why I did this. There's the there's the that's there's the new the, logo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, over here. Yep. There it is. And then um, there, the crew have had more logos than uh, wins this season. It's a yeah. That's kind of mean, and I, I do apologize to all crew fans out there. Um, but I felt like it was appropriate. We're having uh, Brad Weigel on of SC uh, Cincinnati. Uh, we're having him on from Cincy Soccer Talk on later on. And we've had his twin Brian on before, um, but we're kind of previewing Brad. He'll be at the end of the episode. So if you're a FC Cincinnati fan, want to get the, the lowdown on West End Stadium. Yep, West End. I'll keep calling it West End. Um, but I thought that this was appropriate for uh, all the uh, Cincinnati fans that might uh, get to hear or see. Actually, you get to see it, but I have something behind me that uh, takes a shot at crew. Um, fans and the team a little bit yeah it was a nice pleasant surprise what was that earlier uh it was late last night i guess mm-hmm. that they announced this uh deal that they had made with the nordeca um they had met over monday afternoon they had met and uh sam stay school has a great article about this in the athletic where you know everybody uh that was Invite was a little nervous about what they were about to walk into just to find out that they put them at ease pretty quickly and just said, this is, we're the crew. That's, that's what we are going forward. They did update the logo. Instead of where the SC was outside of the flag, it now says crew. And instead of that weird triangle goatee is a 96. <laughs> Which is great. I do think that from what I've been reading that this is just a temporary fix and that they will probably still redesign the logo after whatever they signed up for with this logo, the same way the fire kind of had their issue. I think we're going to get the same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And Matt Doyle put this well on Twitter as well, that this shows we have a history over here in the United States at soccer. We don't have to try to be somebody else. And that's what we were kind of talking about last week. And what's so great about this is just like with the Super League stuff and just like with the fire, it shows that the fans have power, right? The fans, the Nordeca was going to boycott any new merch. You know how devastating that would be for the crew? They're hoping when they create a new logo that your diehards buy it and then you get new fans. They're not thinking, okay, we just got to get the new fans to buy it. Because if what is going to make the new fans buy it if they don't even see people walking around with it, right? So, like, there's this uh, – nobody was just waiting for a flag-shaped crest with a C in it to be like, oh, now I'm a crew fan, you know? So, like, it, it was kind of – just kind of a weird business move. Of course, this was probably in the works for a while since the Haslam's bought the team, but just good to show that fans have power. So if you, you know, I do worry that at some point the union would try this thing. And I hope that all this stuff shows that with the fire and with this crew stuff that stop touching our teams, Montreal, that one, the owner just actually doesn't care. So it's not going to be reversed. But it, what is nice about the crew is that they drew a line in the sand and they said, no, we are the crew. And if you don't add this in here, we're not buying anything else. We may even cancel our season tickets. 
We may walk out of games, and you're about to open this brand new stadium that you paid millions of dollars for. That's rough. So, the, of course, they had to backtrack. And this lasted longer than the Super League, surprisingly, but uh, still very short. Still very short. And I'm glad to see the crew owners relented on this because, look, I think crew fans will be able to get over it. They're, they're going to say, hey, they listened to us. They're also adding this whole like uh, fan liaison person position in the building where they're going to have like somebody that speaks with supporters all the time. Um, so that's really great. And I, I think that helps. It's almost like what Chelsea and city are doing overseas with adding fans to the board meetings and stuff. Uh, it helps that, you know, um, relationship between supporters and, it's really great. I'm really excited to see that um, some people I know have started to come around on the crest. It's not terrible. I would say the fire crest is still the worst. Mm -hmm. That one has not grown on me at all. But what was so egregious about this was the name because it just made them sound generic. Columbus SC. But now they're Columbus crew. Drop the SC. We're good there. And in fact, we could probably drop the SC and FCs for most of these teams and be fine. Like they added Chicago Fire and FC to Chicago Fire. They should just be the Chicago Fire. They don't need to have FC at the end of it. And hopefully when they rebrand with their new crest, they get rid of that too. But just stop touching these things. Um, it, it's, it, it's insane that the crew fans had to go through this so many times already at this point. And... This should be the last time, you hope, until they sell to a new owner and then that new owner wants to make their stamp. And, Logan, are you worried at all because the Wilf family is buying Orlando? We haven't got a chance to talk about that. So why don't you talk a little about uh, that deal that's pending and going through? And do you think, you know, when you look at the Vikings, do you think of them being as, like, owners where you're like, oh, they're going to put a lot of money in this team and we're going to win championships? Because they said they're going to try to win championships. Yeah, I, I really like the the direction. I think that the players feel from the the front office coming in. I think the Will family is uh, respected around the leagues as far as owners because I think that people speak highly on on what they've done in Minnesota. I think that building that new stadium, uh, it, it's really it's immaculate. Um, if you don't know anything about football, American football, and you and you're not a fan and you don't watch the Vikings, I, I feel like the Vikings too. They they're very proud of their where they come from like that's a minnesota thing that's a midwest kind of thing i think that the midwest really cherishes tradition and i think that that's also where you saw problems with the crew i think more so than any other parts of the country i think you're going to get more blowback in the midwest because in the midwest these teams are i mean it's what you do on saturdays or sundays i mean in a lot of these midwestern towns in the winter you know that might be the only form of entertainment at that point or in like a Columbus, Ohio, there's not, you know, they've got the football team and they, you know, crew has always been second to, to them. But I think that with the team and the product that they're putting on the pitch with the stadiums they're putting on the pitch, it kind of goes to what like the Wilf family can kind of instill in Orlando. Orlando has got a beautiful stadium. You're in a great location. Uh, you're attractive to a lot of the international players. Uh, I know that the, the Brazilian connection runs deep with Alex Leitao um, as part of their front office. And I think that that, 
you know, building on that is what needs to happen. I think that he's done a phenomenal job with recruiting. I think that the, the group that is currently in the front office or, you know, below the owners um, and the Rollins family who had founded Orlando City, they have such heavy ties and rooted into this city um, that I think that uh, it's just going to be more money pumped in. And I think that that is exciting for Orlando City fans because we now look like a team that's going to be competitive for years to come. And it's exciting because we've got the talent. We we have Daryl DK, who's now garnished, you know, he's garnering attention from all these big Premier League clubs. So I think that the more money they can bring in, uh, the better. And I don't think they will touch the logo because Orlando City was really well known for his USL days. And when they came up, that, that team had been uh, well rooted into this community. And I don't think that you can touch it either. I would be a fan of them dropping the SC part. Like Orlando City sounds fine. Manchester City. Like it's that same kind of thing. Just drop the FC, drop the SCs. We don't need that. It's these towns in America have so much around them uh, to build around it in such a community. Um, and people in America love their city. They love to be prideful of their city. I think that's a thing you can do with these logos and these clubs going forward. So no, I'm excited for the Will family, I'm excited for what they'll bring in as far as uh, maybe some different eyes and then them promising championships because I don't think they're going to get it with the Vikings. <laughs> I will say the Will family has always won an MLS team. When they were trying to add uh, Minnesota to MLS, mm-hmm. it was between two ownership groups. The Wilfs wanted their own franchise mm-hmm. that would have not been the Loons, would not have been Minnesota United. And mm-hmm. that was a huge, huge issue. Because I remember being really upset if they would have granted the Wilfs that team because Minnesota was already a team. They were already organic support supporter culture. You know, and they had a great crest. Uh, they have a, you know, it, it was at the point where you're like, they already have it set up. Just let mm-hmm. them have it. And um, luckily, that's what happened. And the Wolves moved on. But then, of course, once they were linked with Orlando, I was like, well, that makes sense. They really want to mm-hmm. get in on this. And it could be a good thing. It could be it could be a bad thing. I don't right. know how I don't know how many NFL owners I want in this league. Because uh, I don't I mean it. It could be like. Some of them are the ones holding them back. So we'll have mm-hmm. to see how the Wolves do because I do believe that the Kraft family is, while they were instrumental in keeping MLS afloat, the way that they're not really spending a lot of money, the way that they keep going against some of these, uh, when, when you hear about them wanting to increase salary caps and they're usually against it, it's a lot of these NFL owners that are that way mm-hmm. um, and not these owners like you know, Meredith Paulson who wants to, or I mean, Merritt Paulson who wants to, um, who has Portland. He doesn't have another team he owns except for the Thorns, and he wants to probably be able to increase the cap and stuff. And it's, it's that kind of stuff where I think a lot of times it's the NFL owners that are against it. So we'll see how it goes. Not that I think that the previous owner for Orlando was probably all that well-known for that anyway. So it, it, it really is a toss-up. I don't know much about their ownership from before. Yeah, it's a, like uh, like what you said though. Uh, it's it's dangerous because they're always going to put money into football because it is the money making sport here in the United States. That being said, too, you also could have the instance where having an NFL owner, having a person that owns an NFL team, it could be beneficial in the way that it could bring in bigger competitors that may not own NFL teams, but they look at the Will family and go, "They're a really successful business." family here why don't we get into this new 
investment because it is the MLS has been become a really small, you know, risk, big reward kind of thing. I think now that they're 26 years old in the MLS, I think that you've got owners that are, are looking at this as an opportunity to really get into uh, and get their feet wet in soccer because of how global soccer is. It, if this league took off in the next 20 years or so, I mean, you would really see an influx. And because of how much money that a lot of these United States business owners and these companies have, this could be big for the the sport itself if we do have some of the bigger owners jump in now. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, too, Fox announced this new TV show. Yeah, I saw that. I'm sure people saw this. <laughs> it's called Welcome to Flatch. It's actually... It's about Leon Flatch from the Philadelphia Union. <laughs> yeah, uh, Flocky Man. <laughs> mm. uh, it's it's inspired by a BBC's studios um, comedy called This Country, and it is a half hour comedy written and produced uh, by Jenny Bix, who wrote for Sex and the City and The Greatest Showman, and directed by Paul Feig, uh, who did The Office and Bridesmaids and. Stuff like that. But it's about a documentary crew who sets out to explore the lives of residents in a small American town. And it stars... Um, one of the people it stars is actually uh, is uh, Sean William Scott from American Pie as a priest. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. But <laughs> the main reason why we're talking about that on this show is that one of the main characters in every shot of this trailer except for one is wearing some sort of Columbus Crew merchandise. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's really weird to see because in the United States, you would say football, uh, like you'd have an Ohio yeah. State jersey on. Yeah, but I was shocked. Like, that's the first thing I noticed, too, when I watched the clip. I was like, wait a minute, that's a Crew t-shirt. That was nuts. And it was the old school Crew one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. She started off wearing yep. the, the, the three, three men, the men yep. at work. Uh, and then she uh, later you see the pre-court one with the, mm -hmm. the one that they have this year on their yep. on their shirt. And I guess maybe we'll see this new crest. I was going to say, point. and then at the end of the trailer, you can see them burning the new crest in the back. It's wild. <laughs> but uh, for anybody that listened to when I was on the final third, a guest spot on there a while ago, I gave them my three-stage plan of how we can make soccer huge in America. This was one of the steps. I thought it was a long shot. I said, you know, if you watch King of Queens, he's always wearing jet stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends, they're always going to the uh, the Knicks game, right? Seinfeld, they're always talking about the Mets, and then George worked at the Yankees. I mean, this this is the kind of stuff where usually it's like an NFL team or a uh, or a NBA team, yeah, NBA team, or even uh, the uh, friends had the Rangers, yeah, right, for the uh, ice hockey. hockey, yep. So. Uh, I like how you stipulated ice hockey. There. Ice hockey. Like, sorry, like we're going to talk about the field hockey <laughs> professional league. It's a popular one in TV shows as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I said on there, like when we start seeing jerseys, uh, or they're talking about, hey, I'm going to the Union game. I'm going to the Red Sounders. Bull game. Going to the Sounders. Oh, by the way, which was in a book that I read. So if anybody has watched the TV show You on Netflix, this, uh, you know, they're, they're filming season three for that, or it's finished and it's going to premiere later this year, but it's based off a book series. And the third book just came out this year, like last month. 
So I bought it, and I get to near the end of the book, and a few times in there, it takes place in the Pacific Northwest, a few times in there, they're talking about, like, uh, Joe's, like, oh, everybody here likes soccer, right? Everybody here likes soccer, and they're, like, right outside Seattle. And then at one point in this, the character, one of the characters says, I can't even get the score of the Sounders game right now. And I was like, there it is. Like, so we're getting it in books. We're getting it on TV. It's starting to really uh, get its way into the zeitgeist. And that's what you need in order to make a big look. If somebody sees this girl wearing this shirt, they're going to look it up. Is that a real, is that a real team? But getting these, like these, like somebody's going to look it up and say, is that like, what is that? What does she wear? Columbus Crew? What? What is that? They're going to look it up and they're going to see what it is. And that's the kind of stuff that helps. Because it'll make people aware. People are not that aware of MLS. Right? I, again, was wearing... Uh, I was at a family party. And I was telling them something about a soccer game. Oh, I know what it was. I said, I was talking about how I'm trying to go to Portland. Mm-hmm. They were like, Oh, do they play indoor or outdoor? Like this is how <laughs> people in Maryland, at least look at it. Cause the blast is like the number one team in Maryland. Yeah. Right. Cause they're indoor and they were, you know, popular. And I'm like, uh, no, they're outdoor. And this is that kind of thing that helps get that conversation going. Seeing this type of stuff on TV I think is a big step. Now it doesn't make us world beaters, right? But what happens is if people start seeing it like this, they take it as a more legitimate league. Mm-hmm. They start maybe watching. They hear about the people overseas that have come from this league. If they start looking that up, like, okay, let's say they go ahead and look up the like Columbus crew. And then they uh, see that, Oh, uh, this, they have, they have, uh, uh, Zardes. Oh, I've seen him play for the U.S. a few times. So he's coming from here? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, if they then start looking at other things, they'd be like, oh, Brendan Aronson. I've been hearing about him a lot lately. You know, once he's a superstar at wherever he's going. Mm-hmm. And they can start, you know, it just helps permeate that. Now, of course, the show could be a flop and nobody ever sees it. But the thing is, the fact that it's in one of these shows opens the door for it to be in other shows, I think. And it helps us in a big book series like you with Sounders. I was going to say that the, the Sounders and maybe Portland are the ones that I think people think of. The crew we're getting there, I think that we're getting to a point where the, the people know about crew. The fact that I, I will say the one benefit of having some of these teams play in football stadiums is that the football fans go, what the heck is a New England revolution? Um, but once they start to break out into their own stadiums, if they ever do get their own stadium, heck, they just got their training facilities. I think they're, what, 20 some odd years old now so man if um, they don't know what the crew uh with what the revs are now <laughs> after like 20 years in Gillette, right. i don't know yeah. if they'll if they'll yeah, ever know yeah so you know it it, it does it, it and people that are moving from international places are coming here and watching the soccer games like when i go to orlando city games it's it's a very diverse group uh, that are in the in the stands and so that's really cool to kind of see like you know you've got your uh german fans you've got your english fans over here that are watching soccer because they like soccer they like going to the game and feeling that atmosphere and now you're packing the stadiums of 100 people or 100 percent of people again and, and the fans are excited and, and like you said jordan just seeing seeing mls coming and it is a young young league still it's only 26 uh, as compared to like baseball or the nfl 
like it's a young league. Um, it's not even halfway there to a lot of these leagues. So not even a quarter for some of them. So watching this grow, it's going to be really exciting. And I think it's going to grow exponentially with the next two world cups. Especially the 2026. Yes. That'll be huge. That's what's so cool too, is that she just wasn't wearing like a U.S. kit. (laughs) Yeah. It was like a, right. Or a United kit. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm assuming this this town is going to be like near Columbus or something. Yeah, that's what I assume, and that's probably their closest sports team or something. Well, that mm-hmm. and the what? It, th- that's the thing too. The Buckeyes. No. Well, no, they, don't they have the Blue Jackets or something? The hockey team. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah. another thing too. They yeah. chose the crew over an NHL team. Yeah. So that's yeah. showing how we're going here. They could have also put her in any sort of Cleveland or Cincinnati merch. I'm assuming right. too. Okay, so enough about that stuff. Let's start getting into actual games, I guess. So let's go ahead with our uh, with our headlines. I'll start first here. Uh, the Union win a home game. Now, this might not sound shocking if you've skipped the first few weeks of the season. But, uh, you know, because last year they were undefeated at home. They had already had two losses at home, and they just drew with uh, the Revolution um, last week. Then we get them playing against Red Bull, and I'm thinking, okay, Red Bull started off pretty okay. So, like, that's not like a you're golden to get three points here. And uh, you know, Fontana was back in the side. It's the first home win for the Union in 2021. We get Flock playing a really great game again. I really do think that he is just player of the season right now for the Union. That signing of the season for them. Um, you have uh, uh, Shabilko, uh was off, right? He didn't. He didn't start. It was uh, Burke and um, Santos. That started the game with Burke scoring nine minutes in, um, which was great. Uh, Drew Yearwood gets sent off though late in the match. He's the one from Brentford, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been a like we he, talked got, about it on stoppage. Yes, <laughs> he's got some uh, he's got some issues with being uh, sent off and, and being a little too uh, taking the game a little too much to heart at times. And then other than them, the Union getting their first win there, which I think is a big story. Mm. But I think when we look at U.S. men's national team, the biggest story is actually Aaron Long. Uh, I, I don't know if it ruptured, tore, whatever the yeah. official wording here is, but he's out for the rest of the season with the ACL issue. Achilles. Oh, Achilles. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I see Achilles, and I and think ACL. ACL. It's usually yeah. ACL, so we'll give you that. Yeah. Well, yep, that's uh, so Achilles. That's still a pretty yeah. bad, uh, pretty it's bad. Really injury. bad. Yes, uh, but he's out for this season. It's going to put him out of the Nations League. It's going to put him out of Gold Cup uh, qualifying. Which, <clears throat> qualifying. I'm not sure if he would have been in that, but I would yeah. think at least a Gold Cup he would have been in. And at this point, he's not going to. It's just been the season of injuries worldwide. Mm-hmm. But really, when you look at the men's team with Morris Ariola, he's back though. And then you have um, then you have uh, Aaron Long. It's been a pretty pretty rough start here. 
the Red Bulls, like I said, they, you know, that's they started off the season pretty decently. They had what two straight losses, but then they mm-hmm. rebounded. But they're in ninth with six points. So they're kind of slipped again. They have three losses. They have no draws and they have two wins. So they had a run there where they had those two wins and it was great. And then they just had that loss again and it mm-hmm. pulled them back down. Because uh, at one point, I think last week, they were in the playoff spots. Yeah, they were. So yeah. I don't know. What do you think of Aaron Long's injury and how does this affect the Red Bulls and their chances of maybe making one of those playoff spots? Yeah, I was going to say they, they're not they're not real solid. They lost Tim Parker. They lose Aaron Long now. That's two of their big pieces that were back there last year. So, yeah, and, and what really sucks is Aaron Long was playing really well. Aaron Long was not having like your run-of-the-mill season. He he played really well. I think he was – did he – I want to say he featured for the United States against Jamaica in that friendly. Um and played extremely well. I thought that he had uh, the abilities to play out of the back, and I think that the Red Bulls kind of rely on that because that link up between he and, you know, like a Caden Clark or something like that, uh, you know, playing through the midfield with Frankie Amaya, um, that that would have been big. So now they've got to find uh, two guys to kind of step in and have big roles this year that weren't necessarily in those roles last year. And so now your your depth is dwindling uh, your abilities to defend are dwindling and, and they're like middle of the pack. They've given up six goals uh, this season, um, which is not, it's not great, but it's, it's pretty decent. Um, so yeah, they, they, they'll miss him. They'll miss that, that presence. And he's a leader. Like I, I feel like that he's the guy that they would turn to in the locker room because he's been there and he's done it. And so, yeah, this is, uh, this is a big loss. This sucks for the United States, man, because they, they have so many competitions coming up and you needed something like this, and this was just really, really bad for the U.S. Definitely. Pretty brutal. Um, like you said, I, I know some people are, are not high on Aaron Long. I'm not super high on him. No. But we got a lot of games to play mm-hmm. with the U.S. men's national team, and you just need the depth. Because uh, what if somebody else gets hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, you just need this depth in case of something happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so let's move on to one of your topics. Yeah, so we were just talking about him. Uh, I want to talk about the Columbus crew. Uh, really, really rough start to the season. Start with two draws, 0-0 against Philly, 0-0 against Montreal. Montreal looks a little bit better because they, they are playing better. Montreal's playing uh, better soccer. Um, Philly, they were, that was kind of like that weird time though with CCL. So you had like chain rotational teams and things like that. Nobody but, looked up for it in that one. Right. Yeah. Um, DC is the team they beat. They beat them three to one. A lot um, of people beating them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, that's, you know, that, that result is kind of just a wash. They lose to Toronto and Toronto manhandled them. I thought that Toronto played extremely well. Uh, and then New England pretty much shuts them down. Lucas Elrion did not play, um, so that was a big issue. Now, I said 3-1. They've only scored one goal, and it came from Lucas Elrion on a free kick against D.C. United. The other two goals were two own goals by D.C. United. And when you look at this team, this team, again, was supposed to be stacked with depth. 
supposed to they're run away yes. with it. And I heard a Columbus Crew fan, by the way, on Twitter say that their uh, that their um, depth was ASS. <laughs> I said, no, you were supposed to have one of the deepest teams. I don't want to yes. hear that. I don't want to hear that. Yes. Maybe it's not deep now with injuries, but it, it was deep. Yeah, and again, it, it it just it starts in the back. It, it starts with guys that uh, aren't playing as well. Uh, Darlington Nagby's played four matches. They've played five. Uh, Luis Diaz uh, played five. I think the only two that have played five. Nope, there's there's four, uh, and two of them are subs. It, it just this team looks dinged up. If Lucas Elrion is going to miss time, this team's never going to compete at a high level. Uh, they, you need a creative ten in this league, and he is it. That is it. They don't have a person to step in. You can't throw a Darlington Nagby in as a ten. I don't think and, and be successful in this league. Artur's been uh, hit me. He's had some dinged up uh, problems. Uh, Peter Kitchen, or sorry, Perry Kitchen uh, has hit has had his. Peter. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. I think, uh, no, I, I know what it was. I grew up and I worked with a guy named Peter Kitchen. Uh, Milton Ballon. Shout out Peter. Yeah, shout out to Peter. Uh, he <laughs> was actually, he was a big soccer fan. We watched the, oh, okay, there you go. yeah, we watched the Belgium game uh, back in the World Cup with the United States uh, when they, that was not fun. Um, Milton Valenzuela has played one match and that's their big time left back that they've, you know, been missing this whole time. Um, so this team is just a walking, uh, I guess it's like Liverpool of, of you know the who they States. remind me of. Who's that? If we look at a other sports here in this country, who just won a championship, they remind me of the Dodgers. Mm. Yeah, everybody was expecting the Dodgers to have like 140 wins this year mm-hmm. or something, and they're struggling right now. They have a whole bunch of injuries, and and I'm, and they've just added pool holes. So I feel like that's like adding Bradley Wright Phillips. <laughs> I think, but Bradley Wright Phillips can really still play, right? But uh, I don't know. I just think that when when I look at them, you know, I kind of see the similarities of everybody was expecting the crew to run away with it. Everybody was expecting them to be a deep team that's going to run away with it. And really, I think that they're in some trouble. Just the way I think the Dodgers are actually in trouble, if there's any Dodger fans here. Um, a lot of people think they'll still walk away with the division. I think some people still think the crew will be fine. I think the crew have to worry about just getting into playoff spots. And then from there, if they're healthy, every, anything can work happen, right? That's pretty much what happened last year. I mean, yeah. they were like third in the East and they won it all. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you look at their game this weekend, um, it, it's a game that, you know, I, I think that it's a team that you really want to try to compete against because it's a team that I think that they thought they were going to be competing with the rest of the season. Um, but the Revs, I mean, the Revs didn't look great. Trust me, they don't, they they've not looked great yet, but they were good enough to beat a very banged up crew team. And now I think it's been 15 straight games that the crew have lost on the road. They haven't won in 15 matches on the road. That is not a recipe for a team that's supposed to run away with the conference. And again, I, I, I said this before, but they finished fourth, I think, last year in MLS and in, in the East. Uh, sorry, not the MLS, but in the East, I think they finished fourth. Uh, it was a concern for me, like having coming in from the outside and not having watched last year, that, that, that a team that finished fourth, and yes, I get that they added nice depth pieces, but here it is, depth's gone. Uh, I mean, you lose a lot of depth. Uh, you're losing depth as the minutes go on. They're not healthy. You've got all these competitions coming up, like Milton Valenzuela is going to – Yeah, 
like some of these guys are going to have to play. Jazzy Zardes is going to be relied upon on the U.S. and he's got some issue with his shoulder. Uh, Zellerion, there's instances where he could even get called in. So uh, this team, uh, it, you really worry about all these competitions coming up, and and the fact that they've only had one goal in five matches is extremely concerning. One goal they created. Yes. Right. Um. Yeah, before we move on from them, I just want to say next week, this weekend, doesn't get easier. They have NYCFC. Which right now, I think, if you're going to look at a team that's more of a dark horse right now, I would pick them as better odds over the crew mm-hmm. to win MLS Cup. Because NYCFC have been pretty good. But yeah, so let's go ahead and move on to one of my uh, other headlines here. Portland got a much-needed victory. They needed this win. It was huge. They needed to win. They went out, and they beat San Jose 2-0, which puts them up to ninth place. Remember, they were at, like, 12th. They They were down there. They were down 12th. They have six points now, ninth place. They're just one point out of a playoff spot. And uh, just, you know, the West is really close, to be honest, because even LAFC, who's surprisingly 13th place (laughs) in the East, in the West, sorry, man, that would be crazy if they were in the East. But uh, (laughs) they're in the West, and they are 13th place for LAFC. they have five points. So really they're only like three points out of a playoff spot, two points out of a playoff spot. But looking at Portland, they needed this victory over San Jose. Uh, the reason why, and San Jose really slipped there. They've lost two in a row to these Cascadian teams here. But you have uh, Yumi Chara in the fifth minute and Loria in the 74th to put it away. Um Williamson playing great. Uh, he even made a reference to not getting called in. Did you see this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, he posted the Michael Jordan meme from The Last Dance, and I took that personally. Uh, and everybody knows he's talking about that U23 not getting called into Olympic qualifying. And I love that it's kind of set a fire under him because, man, it really makes you wonder, what was Jason Christ doing? Any thoughts on? Uh, I again, I've been a big Eric Williamson fan since uh, we had to watch that U twenty three team disaster. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, just I can't wait to see what he does with these competitions coming up because he, I think he does get some opportunities here because he is so upset. Um, and I think that Burhalter does a much better job with player connection, and I think that this is something Greg Burhalter sees and says this could be something that I can take advantage of. Yeah, Burhalter has always been a better communicator. All right, uh, so let's go back to one of yours here. Who do you got? Yeah, so I've got the Crazy Eights. uh, And by saying the Crazy Eights, I do mean, of course, all the teams. I'm going to focus on the East because the one team in the West that does have eight points, I'm not going to really focus on because they're the the outlier. It's the Dynamo. Um, I mean, you could talk about the fact that are they for real? They had a really good start 
Um, what does that mean for them? But they, again, I, I want to focus on the East because uh, there is a there is a cluster of teams here. With then uh, there's the the lovely screenshot. Um, it, it's NYCFC, Atlanta United, CF Montreal, uh, Philadelphia, and Enter Miami. And so I want to talk with you. Uh, who who do we see in this group as being contenders, and who maybe in this group do we see more of being pretenders this early on in the season? I think Miami and Montreal are the biggest pretenders. Mm-hmm. But I'm look. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to say, hey, maybe Montreal has a good shot at just making a playoff spot. But when you looked at Nashville, still undefeated, um, they just need to get wins, and I think they will start eventually racking up some wins. I think that'll put them maybe above Montreal. Miami is a big question mark for me because sometimes they look really good, mm-hmm. and sometimes they look really bad, and I just don't know what they are. I'm trying to give Phil Neville a benefit of a doubt. And I think, look, they're already doing a lot better than they were last year at this point. So I think whatever he's doing is working right now. I think the union can go either way, honestly. I mean, they're bringing in a good player from Hungary um, that's going to be coming in. Uh, but I just don't know if they're good enough to really challenge. I think they can make a playoff spot. And uh, Atlanta and NYCFC, I think they're real. I mean, Atlanta is still iffy at times. I think Union can overcome Atlanta. But uh, I think what you're looking at, the top three, uh, New England, Orlando, NYCFC, I think that's a pretty good top three. And I think NYCFC is a real good actual crazy eight member, I think. I think that they're fine. What do you, What's your thoughts on these teams? Yeah, so when, when I'm looking at this team, and I was looking at this earlier because I was just I'm, I, when I was doing the power rankings, I was looking at it like what in the world do I do with these teams? Because if uh, you know they do drop points, who do I put there? Like if one of these Western teams, um, so NYCFC, having watched them play in person, I, I'm not convinced that Castellanos is going to be that striker that you really need. Um, so I actually think that they are more of like going to go and regress back into the spots that I think we had them in. Atlanta United, uh, I'm really, really, really concerned with the fact that Joseph needs to be old Joseph in order for them to be even close to being contenders, and that is not even the case. Uh, Ezekiel Barco looks completely a mess when he's playing. Dom has been hurt. Barco's been hurt. Bello, I thought they were like raving about Bello. I thought that he actually had a pretty poor performance as far as like, you know, balls that he's playing in with getting intercepted. Um, I think Santiago Sosa has made them that good. Like, I think that he's the one carrying the load and I, he can't do that from the position that which he plays in usually. So, I, you know, I, I'm really concerned about their attack. Um, I would say that they're a little bit less of a concern because if Joseph does turn it on, that team becomes a completely different animal. Um, Cause I do think their defense has gotten better. CF Montreal, like you said, Jordan, they're one step away from not being any good. Uh, I hate to say that because they've played well, but they're like a Jordi Mihailovic from going down or a Kyoto from going down for a couple months that they could just blow up. Um, Philadelphia. I know the, with you, it's tough. Cause you, you could say you go either way. I still think Gazdog, who they're adding, 
I think that having Martinez back from his punch in the face, um, I think that Presbilco or, or sorry, Ch- Chabilco, um, I think that having Santos, I think that the ability to go out and maybe get a striker at number nine that's going to be really good is still in the forefront too. Um, this team could just add one more piece and become really, really dominant. Um, and I think Gazdog might actually be that piece uh, where they won't even have to add another one because Fontana has struggled to create. Mm-hmm. Fontana now can worry about scoring, I think, and I think that that could help him or at least creating from a different angle or being just that link-up play that they're going to need. Um, so that team, I'm much more high on. And Inter-Miami, I think, out of the bunch, that's the one I'm least confident in. I really do think that Gonzalo Higuain and uh, his brother Federico don't continue this pattern, and I don't think that Rodolfo Pizarro is enough to carry this team. And they'll He's not good enough for, as a DP. Yeah. He's so not. I think that this team's – and they're never going to defend. They're, they're they thought they were getting a Vela. They thought they were getting a Vela, really. They thought, everybody, yeah. when they signed Pizarro, they were like, oh, my God, this is a great deal. This mm-hmm. is a great player. It just hasn't worked out that way. Right. Uh, so my last um, headline here is Minnesota two in a row. They turned it around. They were last place when we did our episode a week ago. And they are now all the way up to 11th. They went two spots up. They got some daylight between them and the bottom of the West. And uh, this is uh, Laud, uh, Lode, uh, Laud. I'm pretty Lode. sure it's Laud, right? Or Lud? Lud. There yep. you go. I hear it. I hear it, Lud, and I'm like trying to figure out how to say that. Lude. Yeah, because okay, it's ninety fourth um, minute victory goal. Um, <clears throat> look, uh, it was a corner kick late in the game that uh, that scored. And hey, at this point, if you're Minnesota, you take whatever you can get. So you take mm. those points and and you you get out of there, right? Um, so just good for them. Uh, I think Adrian Heath has still kind of lost the plot a bit. Some of his quotes after the game. Well, you know, following all these Minnesota accounts now, uh, you know, he hasn't, he barely uses his subs. And they were asking questions about that. And uh, he, you know, he was kind of like dismissive, like, oh, I know you Americans love your subs, but. It was just kind of a backhanded compliment there. So, right. so a little yikes from Adrian Heath. But other than that, it's good. So are we ready to get to your last one and bring in our guest? Yeah, so I'll just kind of preview what we're going to be talking about with Brad. Um, we're going to be focusing on uh, FC Cincinnati opening up their new stadium. Uh, how does that look? How does that sound? Uh, Brad was able to go to the game. And he is joining us. He's uh, over on Cincy Soccer Talk. So uh, we're going to talk to Brad. We had Brian on, his twin brother, uh, earlier in the previews, if you can remember back then. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, FC Cincy, get his feel on just being in the stadium, what that's like, what the environment's like, uh, what that means to the city, and then some of his thoughts on the game itself and, and the team going forward here in 2021 so we can bring Brad in. Hey, Brad. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? How you doing? Good. How are you? Feel like it. You're rocking a Cincinnati shirt over there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I like I, it. Yeah, I had to represent the the Weigel twins, man. I had to had to pull that out here. Hey, now now you finally got the better one on. So I, <laughs> I, I had you know, I congratulate had, you guys. I had the kit on last episode. Yeah, Jordan. Was uh, I found it at one. Ross for twenty dollars. The twenty eighteen <laughs> one. So there you go. I Can't beat very, it. No, it was great. Great deal. 
Yeah, man, um, I, I had to take advantage. My wife and I, we took advantage of last year's uh, jerseys. I think right before the new ones came out, it was like 15 bucks or something. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. You know, my grandpa always said you can't, you, you can never get rich by spending too much money. So <laughs> that's true. That's, that's why really I'm not rich, point. I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all suffer from that, I think. So. <laughs> uh, but how are you today? Hey, you know, not 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 doing too bad. Uh, is is I was listening to you guys a second ago. Had a, a pretty uh, interesting weekend. Uh, wish we had a better result on the on the field, but it was really it was cool. Uh, you know, FC Cincinnati. We didn't get to have fans last year at all, so mm-hmm. it was really the first time um, that I'd been to a match in eighteen months, something wow. like that. It would have been the end of the twenty nineteen season. Um, cause we didn't get any home matches, uh, in the first two weeks of 2020. So it was, it was good just seeing everybody, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with FC Cincinnati, um, it really had become a family because, cause you know, it was, it was growing the club the first couple of years and then getting that MLS bid. So we were in, you know, close proximity contact with so many people just, you know, building up from, you know, the, just the inaugural season of the club to, you know, fighting for an MLS bid to getting, you know, lobbying council for a stadium to all of a sudden now it's like, you can't see anybody. So it was, it was just, it, it, it was, it was great just to, to be back in, in, in community with everybody. I was going to say, I was loving your guys' Twitter, just uh, following all the soccer talk guys, just walking around the stadium and seeing you guys reconnect with people you haven't seen in a long time. And then you found your triplet over there, <laughs> Clay um, <laughs> which is great. Oh. Yeah. But uh, I, I like uh, that's what I told Brian when we had Brian on. It's like I love the Cincy Soccer Talk guys because they, you guys just tell it so real, and I think that that's why <laughs> I love having you guys on. Just because you you don't see it from the rose colored glasses, you you want them to do well, but you also see it for what it is, uh, which is why I enjoy having you guys on. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. You know, it, it, when I when I say Cincinnati Soccer Talk and FC Cincinnati, I say we. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we don't want to be those reporters who are like, "Oh, the team!" And uh, yeah, come on, guys, we're we're doing this for fun. You right. know, we're not making a buck off of this. So, uh, so first question for you here: uh, TQL Stadium or West End Stadium? Hey, man, you gotta you gotta respect the the, the organization that's given us millions of dollars to put their name on that, which allows FC Cincinnati to go out and get players like Lucho Acosta and Brenner. So, while while I I do. <laughs> Did like it a Weston Stadium? I thought it was cool. I think everybody realized it. You know, you got to pay the bill somehow. So TQL, yeah. you know, that's okay with me. <laughs> I think we always call it West End Stadium here <laughs> on our show. I, I have to catch myself all the time. Still, so. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, so, couldn't you call it like ahead, TQL look. by Weston Stadium or something? Yeah, like we, we call it the Teagle <laughs> right now, man. So I love it. Uh, so what was the uh, what was it like? the stadium looks really beautiful from pictures, especially where it's located and stuff. What was it like just being, you know, other than like seeing people you haven't seen in a bit, but like the actual, like when you walk in and you're like, this is our home now, like this is where we're going to be for game days. What was that like? Yeah. So, so unlike Brian, this was actually my first experience in the stadium at the stadium. Wow. Uh, I really specifically tried to stay away. Um, it just, just to, to get, I wanted to get that like, match you know, that feel. wow yeah that wow that wow factor and it really did now I, I i can't lie to you guys um outside of crew stadium and louisville sluggers you know field and all that <laughs> like i really haven't been to many soccer specific stadiums but if if i could like have ticked off like every box or you know i want this i want that i want you know it, it 
it, it ended up being what TQL is. I mean, it, it, it is unbelievable. And, you know, from, from the, the road, you think, oh, it looks, it looks cool. It looks like a nice size, but you go like in there and then down. That place is massive on the inside. And I think it's only going to get better with some of the amenities as they grow. You know, they had to rush this, this thing into existence this year. Um, but that place is going to be loud. I mean, it was loud with just 6,000 people. But I want to say they, they put every little detail into the stadium with, with the construction um, uh, of the products they used to make it. So like the Bailey, which for, for your listeners is our supporter section and the, the materials they made out of like every time that, you know, they're t- the, the, the fans are just taking their flags and just pounding it. <laughs> and it's just reverberating around the, the ceiling. So all that noise is just staying in there. You know, I'm, I'm used to crew stadium where, or Nippert stadium where it goes straight up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even the Nippert was so loud. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when you have 26,000 people engaged and with a team that warrants the cheers, you know, in, in the coming yeah. months and years. I was going to say, I think at one point, I don't remember who it was. It was one of the guy, one of you guys. And you tweeted that the, I think that the ceilings were vibrating at one point to where it was just like <laughs> reverberating off of that. And I, I Stu was talking about, there's only 6,000. He goes, but I'm saying that that's just a, an estimate. There's probably way more than that because of the way that it sounds in this yeah. stadium and how loud it can be. Yeah. I mean, there was so much space um, just because it, 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 Max was six thousand. Um, there was still so much space, you know, so much room between everybody and and row skipping. But yeah, that that noise just stays with that sound, just stays in and then reverberates everywhere else. You know, I, I think the first couple minutes was really loud because everybody was excited. That goal kind of sucked, um, you know, some of the environment out. But then when when uh, Barial scored that goal, um, kind of, I don't know, first fifteen minutes into the second half, that place just erupted. And then when Haglin scored. Mm. Oh man, it, it, we've been waiting for a moment like that for so long, um, and it, it was just—it it was awesome. And you know, if if I'm U.S. Soccer, I'm looking at TQL Stadium and being like, we need to get our teams—you know, men's, women's, youth—playing in front of a crowd like this in a stadium like this. It's going to be our great equalizer. You know, like I, I've been to a couple. Um, us uh, mexico games in columbus mm-hmm. and it's loud but it's you put that in cincinnati or you know even if it does go in in cruise stadium whatever they're going to call it with that with that noise level it's going to give us that edge that we just have without honestly the u.s men's team needs yeah um, that support so i think it's going to be huge for for soccer in this country yeah, so uh, oh, I guess a hard-hitting question. Is there anywhere close to get Skyline Chili? Because Jordan doesn't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, man, it's right behind the Bailey. <laughs> it's in the stadium. You can get La Rosa's and, and Skyline right there, man. So it'll be it'll be simple for you. Awesome. Right. I was going to say, because that's a, that's a really important question. I know the Cincy uh, soccer fans are going to want to know uh, where they can get <laughs> yeah. the Skyline in, in that new stadium. If you're looking for like a, an original Skyline experience, I would not do it in the stadium. It's probably good, <laughs> but man, you got you to gotta go and you got to get the little crackers and the little plastic bowl and we'll put a little hot sauce on there. You know, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the cheese at the stadium, but you know, you can need to go yeah. to the Clifton location or the, the uh, uh, Fairfield location where they just like, put mountains on there just like Whitten Woods you just mountains of cheese on there it's unbelievable now the stadium that it's in and they talked about the walk they showed the walk in 
Um, it, the neighborhood that it's in, it, I mean, is there a lot going around, uh, you know, pregame? Is, is there good places in and around that? What's that environment like uh, just kind of outside the stadium in that neighborhood? Yeah, so so for your fans, um, they built the the stadium in the, the West End neighborhood, which is right next to Over the Rhine. Over the Rhine is kind of the, the foodie bar, young hipster happening and place uh, on just the north edge of downtown. So really, like I consider it to be downtown while not, they might not have skyscrapers there. It's, it's literally a stone's throw away from downtown. And that neighborhood is where everybody likes to go. You know, all the best restaurants in town are there. Um, music halls there. So if people want to go see fine arts, the ballet, all that. Um, and, you know, just over the last 10 years, that neighborhood has had a massive renaissance. So there are a ton of bars and they're building new stuff. You know, this is still in a neighborhood in transition. So you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, old warehouse type uh, facilities. People are going in and um, a lot of them are like revitalizing. I'm like, there's a Queen City of Radio, which I, I want to say was like an old garage, like an old, wow. you, know, uh, um, you know, tune-ups place mm -hmm. and and they've revitalized that to an awesome outdoor indoor environment uh and you're just seeing tons of these going up around town i, I want to say at, at one point like there was just one sports bar and over the rhine that was a rhine house and everybody would go there uh for match days and i think um even uh, the premier league in america they they uh, had a big event there i would say uh when liverpool won the title uh, so like that was it. And now there's just tons and tons of locations. Um, and I think there's just even going to be more. So the the supporters won't have a, a, a lack of options. Um, and really the way the parking worked out this first week and just incorporated into the community, uh, it, it, it was really easy to get in and get out of. Now we'll see when you add, you know, three times as many people, right. but uh, it, it, you know, kind of like Portland is on my bucket list. Uh, I think, mm when people see the West end stadium and see what Cincinnati is about, it's just not flyover country anymore. I think it's going to be a bucket list for a lot of places. I think it's going to be like Portland, Seattle, LAFC, Cincinnati. It's definitely on my bucket list already. Yeah, uh, we're, uh, pardon me. Where are you guys uh, out of? Uh, I am in uh, Maryland. Okay. Uh, and I'm in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, not you guys day trips. You can get yeah. here quick. It's gonna... Orlando, it's like sixty nine bucks on Allegiant, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah. In a minute, you can stay with say. one of us CST guys. A free room, man. It'd be great. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the only issue with coming to Cincinnati is they won't like my cub stuff. So I don't know how that would necessarily <laughs> play well in Great American. And no, it, but it, if you go to a Cubs game in Great American, there'll be more Cubs fans. Yeah, we, we tend to do that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah, of Yeah, we, we actually more hate the, the Cardinals right now. Oh, right? yeah. no, I, Nobody likes the Cardinals, so. <laughs> yeah, we don't like the Cardinals and the, and the Pirates. It feels like every time we play the Pirates, there's a big brawl. So. Yeah, I was going to say. But uh, just as speaking as like a sports fan in Cincinnati, um, you know, when you, when you were in the stadium, uh, did you kind of just look around and, and – get a feel as to like what fans were noticing or, or there's there anything that was like shocking to you or maybe some things that people really liked that, that maybe some other stadiums might not have. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the wow factor is just the size of the stadium itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and how close every seat is to mm -hmm. the field. Like literally the, the fans are going to be on top uh, of the field. And I think the players noticed that. And you know, with just 6,000, they noticed how loud it is. So I think it with the designs, yeah, it's going to be cool. 
Um, there's all kinds of bars. There's grab and goes. It's not hard to get a drink there. I think they've made it easy for the fans, but I think that every design of the stadium was to make it a benefit for the club and for the, for the team itself on, on, on game days. So I think that's the one thing I can take away. It's just how big it is, but how every seat feels like it's right on. It feels like it's right on the field without like, you don't feel like you're crammed in there like sardines. So, mm-hmm. so we want to ask you before we, we kind of let you free. And, and I know we have to talk about maybe not, not the positive part of it, but uh, as far as the team is concerned, um, what are you seeing from the team that maybe is concerning? And then maybe some things that you've noticed that are some positives that they can build upon and, and have a better, you know, rest of the season going forward in 2021. Well, you said, man, I don't have to take a lot of the positive part of it. <laughs> There's not a lot going on. Right <laughs> well, I mean, we'll call it, it is what it is. Uh, it, it, again, it's a, it's a team in transition. I want to say they've got like, what, some like 14 new players. Mm-hmm. Um, and even those players, they're late arrivals in this trade window. It's like this, this weekend we had Jeff Cameron who mm-hmm. just joined, I want to say Thursday, Kenneth Vermeer at goalie. He just joined this week and Gustavo Viasi is the other center back. And he had, I think he just joined a couple weeks ago, but he just started practicing two weeks ago. So um, it's, it's, it's a team in transition. Um, so I, I think they are going to grow. I'm not yet sold on Yap Stom as a manager mm-hmm. and if he's the right guy to get the, the pieces in place. But if you guys looked at the MLSPA um, payroll uh, that just came out, mm-hmm. FC Cincinnati was fifth in the league, and that doesn't include Jeff Cameron and Vermeer. While FC Cincinnati might not pay, be paying a ton of Vermeer's salary, Vermeer was on like 750000 at LAFC. And I bet you Jeff Cameron's going to be the North North end of half a million dollars or more. So they've spent a ton of money. The, the, the reason the club stinks isn't because the uh, ownership is cheap. It's just that the front office has been poor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I still think that they're doing a poor job constructing this roster with so many different international pieces, so many pieces that don't even fit or fit the system. You know, right now, FC Cincinnati, if you want to talk about a negative thing, FC Cincinnati is playing Yuya Kuba, who was a DP, now is a high level over a million TAM player who has been known as a second striker, winger, or maybe a backup 10. He's playing like is a a 6-8, you know, holding defensive mm-hmm. midfielder. And guys, he can't he can't do it. And I don't hate him for it because that's not what he does. But he's he's gutting it out because he knows, you know, when, when we got rid of Frankie Amaya, there was a massive hole. And, you know, Harris Medellin's not fast enough to play that role anymore, especially with how we want to get the FC Cincinnati wants to get the fullbacks up the field. You know, we saw in the in the goal, he gave the ball away in midfield and he just can't track back there. Um so with FC Cincinnati, there's just there's just so many pieces that that just aren't fitting together. Um and I think right now, um for the short term, uh, it's gonna be a struggle. I think something like FC Cincinnati's got uh, 25 of their 34 games after July 7th or something. So there's going to be time, especially with this international break, to get the guys back together, maybe have like a second preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but things are still coming together. And right now I think it's like, Lucho, what can you do? Can you get us through this? And when he was out for two games, we lost eight nothing or five nothing <laughs> and three nothing. When he was there, we scored two goals both matches. So yeah, that was the, that was the thing for me. Uh, you know, Acosta uh, missing those two matches and just seemed like there was no creativity uh, once he was out. 
Yeah, no creativity and then no disruption. Like our midfield is just a massive hole. And it's so easy for teams. Like they don't even have to have numbers to just transition back against FC Cincinnati. Because the way the fullbacks get up the field, I think they're just they they were so bad on offense last year, scored scored like ten or eleven goals. It was abysmal. So now they just want to like attack, attack and score goals and at least try to make it entertaining. And then they just are just susceptible. So like people are killing our defense, but honestly, teams are just coming right down our defense's throat and our defense. Like there's nobody to stop in between the front line and the back four. So that that's just a massive thing. Like that's what I'm worried about with Montreal this week is they like to press. We're going to turn that ball over and they're going to just stuff it right down our throat until Yop Stom makes a change, which he really can't because we don't have you know, healthy options to change mm-hmm. the formation. Like if you wanted to move to back five, we don't really have guys healthy enough to do it. So just being kind of a perfect rough storm to start the season, but you know, being on the road as much as they are, I, I kind of thought they would have, you know, somewhere between one and four points right now, right now they're sitting on one. They should be probably two. I was going to say, it wasn't good when the, that last goal, I was just watching the highlight before the show when <laughs> when the the truck that is uh, Gonzalo Higuain is just chugging through the midfield with nobody really getting near him like (laughs) uh oh (laughs) it's just like he's running downhill and that bus is behind him and he I mean he's slow so it's like he's like chucking along and (laughs) nobody near him like Jeff Cameron's like cramping he can barely even walk I mean that that goal was just such a kick in the you know what Mm -hmm. I mean my gosh like the stadium was going nuts. We're like, we finally fought back because it was it Stu Holden said like uh, FC Cincinnati in their time at MLS when they concede when they go down a goal they're zero and thirty five. Yep. <laughs> so we're like, we finally fought back. We finally <laughs> stopped it. Oh no, God nuts! Here we are again. Seen this movie before? And you look up in the Stu's booth <laughs> as he's sitting up there enjoying it. <laughs> like you just like like. It, like the thing is, like everybody's like, "Oh crap, we're gonna give up a goal now, aren't we?" Just because we're, we're defeated for Cincinnati, it's yeah, we've been broken the last three years, and that that happened. You're just like, "Come on, can't we catch a break? Come on, what did we do wrong to the soccer gods? Like, did they give us that open cup joy just to like rip it all away exactly the last three years? I mean, golly, um, how how many more head coaches we can get now? I don't know." <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like you, we kind of want stop Yop Stom to go, but it's like, can we really have like our fifth head coach in three seasons? Like, not even yeah, three. Yeah, seasons. that's the question. Like, uh, if they finish like Wooden Spoon again, uh, is he uh, is he gone? Oh yeah, I think his contract's uh, through this year. Okay, so, okay. I, so you don't I even think, have to fire him. They can just let. Him yeah, go. no, they can just part ways. Uh, and I, I think, I think his his seat's warm. I won't say it's on fire yet, but um, I think he's at least going to get through like July 4th and see where they land. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're showing progress, I don't think they need to show much progress for him to keep his job right now because that continuity thing is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got it's got to be embarrassing to just, you know, be a, be just a revolving door a head coach. Yeah, um, I think he gets I think he probably gets through this year, but I think if 10 matches, you're not seeing any progress and maybe FC Cincinnati by then can line up another coach. I don't think we're going to see a scenario where like we did season one with Alan Koch, where we fired him 11 games into the year and then let Johan DeMay have something like 15 games while Gerard Nijkamp got in the country and got, you know, Ron Yons at the time. That was a long process. I don't think that'll happen this time. I think if they do make a change, they will have to have somebody in the wings. And right now I don't know if there's a ton of MLS experience coaches. Mm -hmm. And that's probably where I would think they would lead towards just, they've seen, a lack of success with, with coaches not having MLS experience. 
I was going to say, it seems like a perfect storm for Jose to get fired at AS Roma and come on over, <laughs> over to Cincinnati. Brother, I'm a Spurs fan. Don't you do that to me, Logan. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm kind of numb because my two soccer teams suck. I'm kind of numb and I thought I couldn't be hurt, but that would probably hurt me. Like that would be, that would be brutal. I don't think, I don't even think he know what to do. Like, Park the bus, I guess. <laughs> I don't. You guys got to be mean. <laughs> you guys are so nice. Be mean. Uh, I would love to see Jose in MLS, but oh, I, I think Cincinnati would not be the best spot for him. No, please, God, no. Like you know, if 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 Carl Linder threw like you know twenty million dollars to Tuca Freddy down there in Mexico, mm. and you know, come on up here, I I'd be like, I'll I'll chip in. I'll give you fifty. I'll give you fifty dollar <laughs> bill. I'll come in. He's about to throw it up there. What's your Venmo, Carl? Uh, I think that would be the only like they need. They would need to do something like because with the Yop Stom, it, it was a tough situation. COVID. I mean, t- to be fair, COVID. He comes here two weeks before MLS's back tournament. None they of the guys are his guys at first. Too, they put the wrong photo up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love our communications team, so I feel bad for him, but. Because they're so nice and they're so outgoing, but yeah, that wasn't good. But he's had a tough time. Um, injuries, DPs just sucking, um, coming in with COVID, mm-hmm. and then I want to say I I really the rebuild job was stuff like they they did spend some money with Lucho and Brenner, and Brenner's still finding his way. And honestly, like, he had to play the ten a couple weeks ago because we didn't have anybody there. So right. you're not exactly setting the guy for success. I'm not going to make an opinion on him because. When he does get on the ball, he does look like he's got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. So if they can figure that out, they'll be good. But they brought so many of these players, like middle to late of preseason, and then they're like, go win games. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Gerard, you've got to help your boy out here. Like, I, I'm just, I'm not high on him. Like, you've seen so many of, of Gerard and I camp signings, and then he wants five transfer windows. Like, I'm not even sure I trust no. you to spend yeah. the money that right. you got for Frankie and Maya. I mean, Frankie and Maya. I'm mad that he's gone, but you know what? It was probably a right business move for him. Like, I wouldn't trust my career at FC Cincinnati right no. now. <laughs> well, and it, I'm, it was I'm funny. a huge fan. Come on. It was funny because before <laughs> that, I thought Frankie Amaya was being a little hard on them because I was like, it, it came out right when they were spending all that money. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I mean, like, what else are they supposed to do, Frankie? But now looking at it, I'm like, okay, that's a good move, Frankie, getting out yeah. there. He's looking dangerous. He's yeah. looking dangerous up there in New York. And him, Goodman, too. He was, you know. Yep. They got them for a song and dance. But Do you think Cameron is a good fit for the team? I do. I do. Um, just just from the one match I saw, um, we, we didn't have many great options at center back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the issues with this team is direction and leadership. Um, and you saw from the kickoff, Jeff Cameron is pointing left, pointing right, telling the guys where to go and being extremely vocal on the field. And we just haven't had anybody like that to kind of, to be that general. So while he's 36 and I don't like, I'm a big cap guy. We, we got our spreadsheets, breakdown, all that stuff. If you want to go look at it, go to CincinnatiSoccerTalk.com slash roster. It's really cool, all the stuff that we've come up with. So for like that side, I'm like, why do you need to sign a 36-year-old center back who's going to cost a ton of money? But FC Cincinnati is at a point in time where they need needed somebody. They needed a domestic because right now they have like 12 internationals, two of them which right. are on IR. So you can't get any more internationals right now. And uh, 
You just needed somebody to settle things up. Now, he doesn't have the speed, but he is really good on the ball. He's going to make the correct fouls. He's going to get guys in the right position. And with the defensive midfield, who's really kind of struggling with their positioning, with like Yuya Kubos specifically, and Alan Cruz, who's more of a, I want to say he wants to be like almost like an eight plus. And uh, he, you know, he's been asked to defend more. And then, Kamahel Makocha, who's normally our 6'8", and he was a healthy scratch this week, and we don't know why. Um, so I think we need a general in there like Jeff Cameron to pull everybody around. And then also getting some guys' faces. Because right now, I see some saying, like, I, I hate it to say this, but like it's almost like losing's become acceptable. Mm-hmm. Except for guys like Acosta and Moderita. You see a lot of the guys who've been there, they give up a goal, head goes straight down. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. Not again. So that's why this week, even though they lost, it was encouraging. It was like, okay, we did see a fight back. And yeah. with a team that needs some support, I think opening up the West End Stadium and then maybe having some of that schedule backloaded so we get a lot more games there as the team gets better, I think it's going to benefit them. Will they make the playoffs? I don't think there's a way in heck they make the playoffs. But you know what? I think something like 10th or 11th I think would be positive. Uh, and if they're playing good soccer, like you saw what Caleb Porter did at the end of his first year in Columbus. Now, mm-hmm. you know, the first year, the first half of that season, they were terrible. The second half, I want to say they were something like second or third in total points over that stretch. If FC Cincinnati can put a run like that, see some promise, I think Yap Sam will come back and I think the club's heading in the right direction. There are still some stumbling blocks, some players that they need to get rid of. Uh, they still need a turnover quite a bit of the roster and then kind of balance that with some MLS vets. But if they can get there, I, I think... I think that would be what success looks like this year. That front office says playoffs. Ah, come on, let's be let's be realistic. Like, like we need to like walk before we run. And through two years, we've had the epic, the worst defensive season in history, and follow that up with the worst offensive season in history. Like, we just don't want to get embarrassed, guys. The mm-hmm. bar's not that high. So, and then they're spending money. They're, they are spending money. So it's it's are the guys in the front office and on that coaching staff the right guys. All right. Uh, did you want to just, uh, again, say where everybody can find uh, your stuff? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can reach us all on at Cincy Soccer Talk on Twitter. Uh, on Apple, um, it's Cincinnati Soccer Talk. And then also for your fans, uh, we've got another spinoff show called Talking Tactics um, with Coach Brad Goff. Uh, I would really encourage everybody to listen to that show. You're just going to just become a better fan um, and a better supporter because he gets coaches on from all around the world. Now they, there is an FC Cincinnati lean to it where they break down a lot of the plays. Um, but you know, we, we've got all kinds of statisticians working for us doing articles. So it's really not just a, a FC Cincinnati fan blog, but it's really like an educational site as well. So Cincinnati soccer talk.com. You can follow me directly at Bradley S Y on Twitter and Instagram, I think, um, Facebook, all that. But, uh, yeah, you know, we, we love dialogue. And even if you disagree with us, let us know, email us, you know, DM us. Um, and we love to know why and learn how we can get better. And then, you know, just become a better asset for MLS and MLS fans in general. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, sure thing guys. Thanks for having me. And, and that was Brad Weigel of Cincy soccer talk. We had his brother on for the previews, like you mentioned, Logan. So, yeah, I don't think we have to talk any more about that game. That was a great game, exciting game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was all of our headlines. So I guess let's just run through the rest of this uh, scores real quick. And if anything sticks out, we'll, we'll say something because we're probably going long. I don't even know at this point. Uh, but Toronto 
versus NYCFC, uh, Toronto. This one was a surprise, actually. This was a home game for NYCFC and uh, at Yankee Stadium. And um, NYCFC had the lead, but Toronto came back through Scheffelberg and he scores to make it 1-1. And uh, Soteldo played pretty good. Got a little chippy in the game as well, so just uh, just a fun a fun one, huh? Yeah, Schaffelberg's played pretty well when he's come on. Uh, I've been impressed with him. He there there were even shouts of getting him into some uh, Canada national team uh, matches because that's where he is. So uh, I've I've been impressed with him and um, Soteldo. He's going to be really good in this league. Really, really good. Austin at LA Galaxy. Sebastian Legette, 35 minutes in after a missed uh, Chicharito penalty uh, that was saved by Stuver in the 26th minute. 35 minutes in, Legette gets the goal. And then 77 minutes in, Chicharito reclaims his goal, gets the seventh. Beautiful finish. 1.5 goals per game for him. Finishes 2 0. Uh, Austin without ring again here due to the red card. So just, uh, I don't know if there's much to say about that. I think with ring, they're a better team, but I still think LA is a better team. Yeah. I was going to say, I think LA shows they have more talent and I think Sebastian, the jet will have a really good year just by the way that he was playing in this match. He seems motivated. I think he's really, honestly, I think he's motivated by the chance that he could be, one of those nice bench pieces for the U.S. men's national team. I think that he's trying to prove himself to Burhalter, and and I think that in the games that he's played with the U.S. men's national team, the friendlies, he's played well. So I think that that has carried on, and he thinks that hey, I've got a legit shot to be in World Cup qualifying and maybe bringing my talents with this team because he does a lot of things really, really good. Not great, but he's a really good player, solid, solid bench piece that I think Burhalter would want. Montreal at Atlanta. Atlanta won that one, 1-0 one in the 94th minute. I think this game was on at the same time as the Minnesota game. Because mm-hmm. I think I, yes, it was it like was. both very late games, that I, yep. like very late goals. I was like, this is weird. Um, uh, Montreal was better in the second half, but not really great performances by either of the teams. But no Barco, no Jurgen Dom, Joseph not looking like himself. Good result from Atlanta. Sure. I think it is. Uh, Montreal's no slouch. Right <laughs> They're not. Um, no, they played well. Uh, but, uh, I mean, with how much possession Atlanta had, that, that was my concern. Just non-threatening again. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. They have mm-hmm. a lot of uh, things going on mm-hmm. executively, as well as we talked about last week. Uh, Houston at Colorado. Colorado win that one 3-1. They're like just outside of that top five of our power rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to watch that show, that is tomorrow on our YouTube channel. You can follow the link on the link tree. There's a link to the playlist that has that on there. Uh, Houston at Colorado, like I said, so Sam Vines in the 29th, Rubio in the 36th. Uh, Ramirez in the 39th for Houston, and then Bassett in the 42nd. So all those goals came in the first half. Yeah, it was a wild Uh, first half, and then not so much after. Not so much after that. Uh, Nashville at RSL, nil-nil. 
Nashville undefeated, but they're not doing a lot, are they, with that no. undefeated? They have one win and four draws. And I think I want to say – I want to check before I make this comment because I have a tendency to do this. Um, what is their – I want to say that they've had four home games where they've – uh, Home? Yeah, they've had four home games. Three yeah. three, um, draws. three draws and a win. Yeah, so yeah. – <laughs> not that's not i mean that was the first away points. game yeah it's good that you're getting points but um you're you're dropping two at home when you should grab two at home at least get those three points from one of those home matches vancouver at skc skc win that one three nil uh salloway in the 28th minute uh the 32nd minute um was that him as well? Sorry. No, it's Polito. Uh, Polito. Yeah. Okay. The way you wrote it. Sorry. Yes. And then 58th minute for Polito as well. I was going to say, I thought Polito took penalties. Yeah. Uh, then we have the Revs at the crew. We already talked about that one. Uh, Orlando at DC. Here you go. Orlando unbeaten. Seven minutes in, Pereira scores. That's it. Uh, DC it. really played well in this game, though. They did. Honest. Yeah. More shots, more possession. Uh, Losada was very happy with the way his team played. You know, he'd rather lose the game with the possession and playing better than losing a game and looking like crap is pretty much what he said yeah. in his post-game. Um, and we talked about LAFC and Sounders, did we not? Oh, no, we did not. No, we, we didn't talk about, about that it. on our show that premieres tomorrow. <laughs> uh, LAFC and Sounders. 2-0 uh, for Sounders. It was 0-0 at half. So good result for LAFC at that point. Um, but I want to talk about this. Vela came off onto the bench, off the bench and on. Sounders still undefeated. 16 points. Without Stefan Fry against LAFC, you're like, oh, LAFC might be able to grab some goals. No, he won't. They won't. Uh, Stefan Cleveland gets moved up from Tacoma Defiance, the USL team. I talked about him on our USL show, The Closed Pyramid, uh, where we talk all lower league stuff. And I thought Stefan Cleveland looked pretty good for Tacoma, and I thought he looked pretty good for this as well. I mean, he didn't have too much stuff going on, but he, he got some of those saves that he needed to make. Anything that he claimed some stuff he needed to claim as well if it was up in the air. So for me, uh, Cleveland looked pretty good. They might be okay. Seattle might be okay without Stefan Fry, who's out four to six weeks as we get an update on that. But uh, LAFC are at the bottom of the West right now. Spooky. Everybody was like, oh, they're going to be like second place. I'm mm. pretty sure uh, they're going to be second place. <laughs> There's a lot and of people that said that. <laughs> Logan uh, put him as MLS Cup champs. Why'd you bring that up? <laughs> hey, we have to do this all the time. We have to it's always bring this up. I understand. We're we're having a we're having a Cincinnati type performance in those predictions. Yes, we um, are. We're not doing so great in the predictions right now. No, but uh, yeah, this team's not anything without Carlos Vela. I'm just gonna say it. Even when he was out last year, team is not much without Carlos Vela. Uh, Diego Rossi was getting attention from Europe, but he's been either hurt or non-existent 
uh, in, in a lot of these matches. Um, yeah, that, that's concerning. Better player. Yes, I think Atuesta easily far and above all these other players. And the 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 issue with me too is the Vela thing is really strange. Like it's like that's a that's a tendon in around a knee that that that's dangerous when that that tendon gets weak that quad because it it causes concern for the knee and it causes concern for fitness. It it's an injury that just doesn't really go away. It's an injury that that needs rest, that needs strength, that needs healing. And if he's getting, you know, m- you know, minutes in some of these important competitions coming up, or even in the matches that he's playing, it could be really worrisome for a lot of the LAFC fans. I will say, for the third week in a row, good move by Bob removing Vale from yeah, that yeah. first game, right? Uh, because he just came in as a sub in this game, so mm-hmm. I think he's working his way back, and I think it's good to go. So let's take a quick look at the games we have. There's no midweek games this week, so no second show this week. Take a break. Uh, So Saturday we have Montreal versus Cincinnati at 1 o'clock. That's on MLS Live. Uh, Then we have uh, Portland versus LA Galaxy at 3.30 on Saturday. That's on ABC. Pretty big one. Portland's turning the corner. LA's pretty good. Uh, then we have Chicago versus Miami at 6 o'clock on Unimas and TUDN and Twitter. That's odd. That's usually the 3.30 game. Mm-hmm. It's throwing me off. Uh, Orlando at home against Toronto, who's also kind of at home. Uh, <laughs> at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, New York City FC versus the Columbus Crew on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, at Red Bull Arena? Uh, that one's going to be, yeah, at Red Bull. It's one of those weird things of the season as well. Uh, Dallas versus Salt Lake. That is on ESPN Plus at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock as well, New England Revs versus the Red Bulls at Gillette Stadium. Houston Dynamo versus Vancouver at 9 o'clock. San Jose versus SKCs. That's another big test for San Jose. They've been through the gauntlet with the Sounders and the Timbers and now SKC. They've been through it all. Can they pull it off? They're at home. uh, They're at home at PayPal Park. Then at uh, rounding out the night at 1030 is LAFC versus Colorado Rapids. Then on Sunday, Seattle at 430 versus Atlanta on Fox. Then at uh, 7 o'clock, D.C. United versus Philadelphia Union on MLS Live on ESPN Plus and your local channels if you're in the area. And at 9 o'clock, rounding out the weekend, Nashville versus Austin on FS1. Uh, which Just pick a game, one game, Logan. A game that you're looking forward to this weekend. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, i got to pick the one that I'm always just – I'm fascinated by just because I like to see teams that, that are trying to come up out of their malaise. And I think that the one that grabs my attention in that sense is the NYCFC game against the crew. I think that the game at Red Bull stadium, um, it, it's a better pitch. So maybe that gives an advantage back to kind of Columbus. I think when they played at Yankee stadium, it gives NYCFC more confidence. Yeah. I think it's a matchbox. So, you know, trying, trying to, uh, get out of this weird funk that Columbus is in with goal scoring. Again, just one created goal of their own uh, in those five matches. Having to go away where they've lost 15 straight already. Can the NYCFC, 
can the pigeons make it 16 in a row? Um, I guess we'll see. Um, so that's the game that I'm looking forward to. Which one are you looking forward to? Oh, putting me on the spot here. Uh, I think I'll have to go with <laughs> the uh, wizards and the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Washington wizards and the, uh, whoever they're playing tonight. Uh, <laughs> So lost. Uh, no, I, I'm looking at uh, DC United versus Philadelphia. I think DC's put up some good fights lately. Philadelphia has not put up some good fights lately. It's going to be interesting to see a measuring stick. You know, if DC comes out looks good and gets some points, that could that's either a testament to one or the other. I'm not sure which one it's a testament to, but um, look, it took an own goal for the Revs to beat them. Orlando scored a goal early and then it was all DC. So it, it could, and those are two of the best teams in the East Uh, really, you know, and it's at DC. It could be, it could be a result for DC. I'm I'm really excited to see this DC under Losada as well. Um, I was going to say he's, he's, he's playing with this team that I, I don't think is very talented. Like, you look at teams around the east they don't have like the wealth of talent like and they've had a bunch of players hurt the fact mm-hmm. that he's able to pull some of these results like an orlando team that's played really well i think over this first you know six matches almost six matches it, it like he's got them i mean they're feisty I, I like the way that he plays i love that where they played out of the back and they they just go they, they launch them uh, and they're playing they're, long balls out of the back and i'm like whoa this is nuts they're 10th place yeah okay uh, out of 14 in the East, they have six points. That's two points back of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And with all their injuries, like you mentioned, that we said in our preview, like, hey, if they can just get through the start of the season, mm-hmm. then maybe they can make a run later in the season when everybody's healthy. But yeah. they're doing pretty good without without w- without the players. So the fact is, if they can kind of just stay manageable and then make a run later on or just stay consistent throughout the season, hey, they could follow up in the playoffs, which is exactly – where we did not put them. Uh, you have them 13th, I have them 12th. So who knows? But we did qualify that by saying it's up to how Lasada plays and how they take to him, and I, I think they've taken to him very well. Mm-hmm. But that about wraps us up here. I do want to get your thoughts on this. I'm not sure if you watched the Closed Pyramid episode too, but we talked about this Oakland Roots jersey, and uh, did you see it? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to show it on the screen here. How uh, is that a thing? So for people that are listening, it's black, white, and gray triangles. And then inside the letter or the number is like uh, fractured, like, I don't know how, what the... It's a pane glass it. window. Yeah, it's like yeah. a, yeah, it's like a stained glass window um, of different colors. And it looks okay right here on the screen, I think. But man, if you watch highlights or if you watch the game... I don't know how a commentator can tell who is who, and it is very difficult. Um, and actually, like when I'm just looking at it on the thumbnail without clicking it to put it on the screen, I cannot even Can't tell that's a zero. I cannot tell. So yeah, we talk about that. that <laughs> we we complain about that on the closed pyramid episode two. We also talk, like I said, Stephen Cleveland. We also talk uh, some Nisa. Um, I talk about how I can't find highlight packages right. for them, so get that fixed. And it's all where we talk lower league stuff, since we can't really fit it in this show, since we go about three or four hours of time on here. So, 
If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Stateside Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show. Email us, statesideshowgmail.com. We also updated the link tree. It has all the nice logos at the bottom of the link tree. You can just click that. You can click, bam, TikTok. I want to see some TikToks. Bam. I want to see some Instagram. You just click the Instagram logo. I want to watch. I want to listen on Apple. You just click the Apple logo. They have the YouTube logo. Then on the actual link spots, we have the two playlists uh, for the uh, YouTube shows, the Closed Pyramid playlist and the Power Rankings, which again, as we mentioned earlier, is going to have our second Power Rankings YouTube exclusive episode on uh, tomorrow morning, Wednesday the 19th. So check that out if you're interested to see how we rank them. If you're watching on the video, bam, there's your quick preview. Try to make it where it wasn't long enough. I was going to say that was quick. I didn't even see it. There you go. I made it. What it was. So watch the full episode. And we will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening and watching. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to stoppage time soccer show we hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the u.s men's national team americans abroad mls usl this is stateside soccer show presented by stoppage time soccer show have a good one